Tackling the early numbers is vital when betting on the NFL. We're here to help you find the edge with Pinnacle's odds and examine the market moves across the whole season. This is the NFL Opening Line. Welcome to the latest episode of Pinnacle's NFL Opening Line. I'm your host, Eric Egerl. To help you uh, through the world of the NFL, weekly betting reflections and projections, I'm joined by my colleague, Ben Brown. Uh, I'm at PFF underscore Eric on Twitter. Ben is at PFF underscore Ben Brown. Ben, week one, interesting stuff. Um, you saw some underdogs, you know, especially home underdogs in the division uh, come through with, with uh, you know, uh, Houston, um, you know, covering the number against Indianapolis. You saw uh, Pittsburgh. Now they were on the road, but they came through and not only covered against right. Cincinnati, but one outright uh, Atlanta continues to struggle to hang on to leads. They had a 16 point fourth quarter lead against their division rival, New Orleans saints. That doesn't get through. Um, you had some impressive performances by Buffalo, by Kansas city. Um, even if you squint a little bit, Philadelphia, uh, the Los Angeles chargers, the team that many people like uh, was able to hold off the Raiders at home. Ben, what's your biggest takeaway uh, from week one? Who impressed? Who didn't? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I have to definitely give you credit and kudos. This was a team that I was uh, not high on whatsoever in the offseason, but the Washington Commanders, Washington football team uh, with Carson Wentz at quarterback, obviously had, you know, uh, a, a little bit of luck break their way in the fourth quarter. Carson Wentz had the two, two turnovers, you know, in the fourth quarter. Order definitely should not have happened, but I would say like their playmaking ability at the wide receiver position. Obviously, we knew scary Terry McLaurin was going to be really good, but I think Jahan Dotson, his route running ability was not something I expected to, you know, be as good as it is this early on. I do think they have a number of playmakers, Curtis Samuels involved as well. So I think in, you know, what is a somewhat down NFC East, they are, you know, legitimate contenders to, you know, maybe even, uh, you know, finish above like a Philadelphia Eagles team that everyone is kind of high on right now. So I like them uh, taking, you know, kind of the flip side of the coin. I would say the Arizona Cardinals, a team that you were lower on, I was higher on. I, I think obviously the Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, a buzz sod this year, going to be really good, either the best or the second best team in the NFL. But uh, they, they did not show uh, any signs of life, I would say, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I do think that's kind of concerning uh, about their prospects going forward. But overall, I think like one of my like main macro takeaways is like it's really scary and difficult to lay a big number on a favorite week in and week out with any of these teams in the NFL. Like maybe Buffalo, maybe Kansas City uh, are, are teams that you can maybe somewhat feel comfortable with it. But outside of that, like if you see an eight and a half point spread, I feel like that's like uh, there's there's no side to play except for the dog side, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And and we've and we're now seeing this, right? Like teams that, you know, to look at the outright markets on Pinnacle.com, um, you know, and, and uh, Pinnacle, one of the sharpest, if not the sharpest book in the world, of if course. Not the sharpest. Um, yeah. And, and you you see some discrepancies, um, not only from week one to week two, but also throughout different books. So, you know, Buffalo stays the favorite in the AFC East. Baltimore with Cincinnati losing stays the favorite in the AFC North. On the AFC South, you saw the Colts being the favorite because no team won that week, even though two teams right. from that division played each other. Kansas City gets down to almost a pick them uh, in the AFC West. But the changes you see are going to be in the NFC where, you know, the right. Rams and the Bucks stay favorites in their division. But the Eagles go from being, um, you know, favored now on pinnacle, but but basically on par with Dallas towards the end and, and an underdog earlier in the offseason. Now they're minus 184 on pinnacle. Um, the Washington Commanders, New York Giants at both at five to one and the Dallas Cowboys 
uh, a little bit more than 13 to two. And then in the NFC North, where you saw Minnesota take down Green Bay in impressive fashion, um, the Packers go from being the favorite, and they are still in some sports books the favorite to win the NFC North. Now to second at plus 124, the Vikings are plus 112. They're currently the favorite at Pinnacle. Uh, that game was the one that obviously I think you know in hindsight made a lot of sense. Green Bay had a lot of injuries. Right. They're acclimating a new offense. The Vikings are you know one of the few teams that rested a lot of starters in the preseason and ended up playing well in Week One. Uh, let's look at the NFC North here. What's your what's your take here on on the Vikings, the Packers, and, and then possibly here now? The Detroit Lions at 10 to 1. They actually have longer odds to win this division, even after covering week one, than the Chicago right. Bears do at 9 to 1, who won a game in ugly fashion against the, the San Francisco 49ers at home. Yeah, I do think that the, the Bears specifically really hard to get a read on after that game. Obviously, really sloppy, poor field conditions, you know, rain, wind, all of the above. So I'm actually beating uh, uh, not necessarily rookie quarterback, but, uh, uh, you know, a guy that hasn't had any experience really at the NFL level. On the uh, at home, I think you know it is what it is, right? I'm not necessarily going to crown them. I do think they are still by far the worst team in the NFC North. Uh, the Lions covered, but I, I don't know if it was like overly impressive fashion, right? I do think it was still kind of this idea of them, you know, playing. Uh, you know, chaotic with their hair on fire in the fourth quarter, doing anything they can to possibly get back. They did end up covering because of that, but it did seem like there were certain times where Philadelphia was, you know, far and away the better team on the field. So I, I, I think you have to look at, you know, the two teams that played on Sunday. I think uh, the the positive or ceiling type narrative for the Minnesota Vikings definitely came to fruition in week one, right? Everything was, everything was right. Kirk Cousins maybe wasn't asked to do a ton downfield, uh, but he was able to hit, you know, the wide open receivers, Justin Jefferson running with nobody around him, you know, Kevin O'Connell kind of scheming this like perfect offensive plan for him specifically. Uh, and everything kind of hit right defensively. I thought they played really well. So it's hard to, uh, you know, maybe buy into the Minnesota Vikings at the top, but uh, I think they're probably the only team to actually play at this point in time. So I like them. Uh, it feels weird to back Kirk Cousins, but I do think that, you know, the, the the narrative surrounding him maybe is just a little bit lower than what people expected. So I think, I think it's the Vikings or bust right now. I'm wondering what your take is on the NFC North. Yeah, it's a, it's it's true. Kirk Cousins in his career, um, just two playoff appearances, just one division title. They've only won. He's only guided a team to ten wins or more one time. Um, so there's certainly some scars there. Um, he looked this good at the beginning last year, and right. because the defense hadn't come around, they struggled. So I'll be interested to see. Like I, you and I, in our betting accounts, we took some Vikings plus three in week two against Philly. That has dec- declined now. People buying into the Minnesota Vikings. You might have to buy back on Philly at a price shorter than a field goal. It'll it'll show everybody a lot. You know, Philadelphia was great on you know offensively on right. Sunday. Um, it'll show people what whether or not that Vikings defense on the road is for real. Um, because you know I, I think that you're going to get something out of that offense every single week with Cousins and Jefferson. Turning to now the 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 Super Bowl market, you have Buffalo at just a shade under five to one, Tampa Bay seven to one after kind of a ho hum performance. Uh, against Dallas in a game where Dak Prescott got hurt, Kansas City at at fifteen to two. That those have gone down. I think people pretty happy with them. And then after that, it's a bunch of teams over thirteen to one: Green Bay, Los Angeles Chargers, Philadelphia Eagles getting a lot of love, um, and, and the Los Angeles Rams at fifteen to one. I, when I look at this, I think I still think it's a Kansas City thing where you know everybody looked at Buffalo and said, okay, that's a great team that beat another good team. Right. Kansas City did not play a great team um, Sunday, and as such, like you're not necessarily getting maybe the the value um, that 
you know, you're not getting the movement towards Kansas City uh, that you'd expect. Now, when you look at the most valuable player market, it's certainly not up on Pinnacle right now. But it's interesting to see with with Allen and Mahomes that are going sort of going back and forth every single week. You still might get a value on the team at the time that has the longest odds. In this case, it's the Kansas City Chiefs at plus seven fifty or so. Right, and and I agree with you. And I do think you know that that leads to maybe a, a different question. But how far ahead do you think the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs actually should be than than the rest of the NFL right now? Right. I mean, is it is it even close? Is there like another team that you maybe even if they are a level lower than those two teams would put at that next level, or are they so far ahead of everybody else that it's really uh, those two are bust at this point in time? Well, the the NFC is obviously going to have a participant. So right. I think in the AFC especially with the with the number moving out to uh Kansas City minus 4 against uh the Chargers uh on, on Thursday night like I think it's those two teams are bust but you look at Tampa Bay so Tampa Bay you know goes to Dallas wins a tough a road game against what we thought was a tough opponent they go to the Saints uh currently two and a half point favorites markets like the Saints they've been betting into them um then they right. have the Packers at home and the Chiefs at home though that's a tough four game start for uh you know uh Tampa Bay if they can win one of the next three games, you start out two and two and, and, you know, two and two in a 17 game slate where you have nine home games is a pretty good advantage. Then they go, you know, they get the bucks, they go to the Steelers at the Panthers Ravens at home might be tough. Rams at home might be tough, but then from there it's, you know, Seahawks, uh, Browns with Jacoby Brissett, Niners who don't look as strong Bengals who maybe don't look as strong Cardinals who don't look as strong. I think Tampa Bay is, is rightfully favored here in the NFC in large part because they've gotten through some of their tough part of their schedule. They're favored to get through. Now, Green Bay doesn't look as hot as they used to. Right. Um, you know, there there could be the light could shine on the Bucks after this first, mo- first month of the season. Um, and, and so I endorse them as the favor in the NFC for sure. Right. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot, a lot of sense. So they're basically plus 300 right now to win the NFC Championship. Packers plus 600 on Pinnacle. Eagles plus 600 on Pinnacle. So I think if you, you know, basically go back to what we said previously, like the Packers looked really bad in week one, right? And I do think the Eagles are probably uh, a little bit overvalued in the betting market, especially right now. So I do think that, you know, the teams behind Tampa Bay and the NFC uh, are probably making the case themselves for why Tampa Bay should be so far ahead of everybody else. So I agree with you. We'll see. I, I do think that the line on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend, I think it opened up at what, like three uh, for them is down to two and a half now. Like that seems like uh, an absolute smash spot for me on Tampa Bay side from my perspective. Yeah, because you get Jameis Winston, who really started half of the games that they played. You have Dennis Allen as a head coach now. Um, you know, this is certainly a game they had circled. Uh, Saints defense did not play as well. Uh, they got kind of controlled right. at the line of scrimmage last week by the Atlanta Falcons. Um, our, our models like the Bucs at, at minus two and a half. Um, so I do think that there's a play there. Um, you know, the Bucs do get, you know, uh, a little bit of short rest because they played Sunday night instead of Sunday afternoon. But that, that's certainly one I like and, and a good segue here. Uh, to the rest of the games that we like, um, you know, you do have, for, first off, you know, you do have some really teasable numbers here. You have the Panthers going to the New York Giants at plus two and a half. Um, you know, look, if the Giants win a game by nine or more, you just charge it to the game, right? right. At that point, like you, you can't be worried about the New York football Giants winning a game by multiple scores. Uh, and then you have the, the same thing with the Patriots going on the road to face Pittsburgh at minus two and a half. Um, the, the Steelers, again, are a team that just kind of keeps it close. Be very difficult for them. Uh, and then lastly, you have the Washington Commanders 
one and zero, fresh off of uh, what I would say consider Carson Wentz's most per, uh, impressive performance in years. I thought Scott Turner was fantastic in right. that game against the Jaguars. They go on the road to Detroit, and you know, depending upon where you look, uh, I got this at eight and a half. It's down to one and a half, uh, so you'd have to tease it up to seven and a half. I still think it's really hard, as much as I like Detroit generally, to to say okay. You know, Detroit's a team that's going to blow out Washington at home. Like, I just right. don't see that. So, right. you know, that kind of round robin of low, you know, the, the Commanders-Lions game actually has a large total, which I think you're sort of going to have to at least add your handicapping to that at uh, 49 and a half juice under. But New England and Carolina, those two games are in low 40. So those are teasable lines, not only from the point spread perspective, but the totals to match it. So th- those are the three that I like. Ben, what ga- individual game, though, aside from the teasers and the structure of the teasers, do you like in terms of a handicapping perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say maybe my favorite teaser leg that you actually uh, missed. I know it's not as good having a low total when you're taking the favorite in a teaser leg, but I'm going back to the wall in Cincinnati, minus seven and a half, basically, in Dallas against Cooper Rush, a team that I think is in complete disarray. Maybe they don't cover the you know somewhat bladed spread, but if you do tease them down to a half point, I think this is kind of a must-win game for Cincinnati. So even though you're not getting as much value kind of teasing a favorite down in a low total game. I think that's probably my favorite leg. And I would probably pair that with something like you said, like the, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers or something like that to get up to eight and another really low scoring game. But outside of that, I think, um, I don't know. I was, I I don't want to say like I was a Geno Smith truther by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously everyone was kind of, you know, probably accurately reflective of where he was last year. I do think that PFF graded him pretty decently, I would say, but uh, I was impressed, you know, with his Monday night performance, he was basically lights out through the first half. And I do think that San Francisco, although it's really hard to take anything away from their week one performance against Chicago, I think that, uh, you know, a nine and a half point spread for a team that I don't really buy into that much. I think that's a little bit over Just so I do like Seattle plus nine and a half uh, to cover outright. I know it's a short week for them. I do think that's probably, overbaked into the line, given the fact that they're not traveling all that far to get down to San Francisco division rival type game should be pretty close. So that nine and a half point spread, I think that one sticks out to me like a sore thumb. Yeah. No Jamal Adams for Seattle. That hurts a little bit. Um, you can get plus 10 up to minus one twenty four on pinnacle sports here. That might be the way to go to pay a little bit. That's the way to go for sure. For, for That's that the number. way to go. San Fran, you know, Broken a little bit with with Kittle's injury, with with some soft tissue injuries across the roster. Jimmy Ward, for example, uh, I like that one a lot, and I do like your your additional teaser. Like, here's another one, and again, nothing's ever as good or as bad as it seems. I like the Cardinals plus six going to Las Las Vegas. These are two teams that are very similar, where you have a pretty good quarterback, you have an offense with wide receivers that can make plays. I know Arizona is not quite as good without Hopkins. And you have issues in offensive line depth and right. uh, defensive backfield depth. In that case, I just don't think the Raiders and their home field advantage is six point better, six points better than the Cardinals. So I, I'm going to go ahead and take the six there with Arizona um, on the road in Vegas. Uh, you know, during the 425 games um, there as well. Ben, do you have any one more, uh, whether that be Monday Night Football or even we could talk this Thursday night game? Uh, any one more handicap uh, that you have for this week? Yeah, I do think that um, I think we saw enough from Justin Fields. I would say going over 42 and a half in that game against uh, the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. We should see, you know, a, a much better version of Aaron Rodgers in that wide receiver unit than we saw in week one. I think that game is probably going to go over. I think that's probably a pretty 
too drastic of a price, uh, a move down in that direction, given what we saw in week one. So I like over 42 and a half in that game quite a bit as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good, um, that's a very good look as well. Yeah, that's a good spot. Um, Packers don't want to go. Oh, and two against the division. That's a big, they cannot. I mean, that's like, certainly bury them then. Right. Like you, if you thought, if you thought Aaron Rodgers was giving up in week one, if they lose in week two, I don't know if we'll see Aaron Rodgers ever again in the NFL, I guess. Which isn't to say throw them in all your parlays. That's still a stupid move. And it adds a bet that you might think you have an edge on and you're never going to get the the right odds there. um, When, when that comes out, but, uh, but that's certainly something uh, for us to look at. Okay. Let's talk college football because you and I have been on something of a little bit of a heater here. We've already seen the market move uh, on this Friday night, September 16th game, this Air Force, Wyoming. Wyoming was was taking, uh, was getting 17 at home. Um, we saw the right angle sports guys bet that thing down to 15. Um, and and so, you know, and, and even then, like I think there's probably going to get this thing to 14 and a half uh, before before long. Besides that, you know, obviously a Florida State, Louisville, um, Louisville with a big win last Friday um, on the road in UCF after getting, you know, curb stomped by by Syracuse. I don't think either one of those games is that compelling, but you look at the week's worth of games and there aren't that many good ones. I like Western right. Kentucky getting six and a half in Indiana. Um, I think that that's a, a game, a game effort by a group of five against a Big Ten team. Ben, what what is one that sticks out to you as far as games? that we should be betting uh, going into uh, week week three uh, of college football. Yeah, so I do think Maryland uh, facing off against SMU Saturday night, minus two and a half. I do think this should probably be closer to a field goal or bigger uh, differential. I like... I like uh, the tag of your older brother quite a bit. He did dominate my Minnesota Gophers last year. It might have even been two years ago at this point in time. The COVID years run together right now. But I think, you know, pretty significant uh, discrepancy at the quarterback position. I do think they are a much better team. I do think that number uh, is definitely a little light. So I like Maryland quite a bit. Uh, and then, you know, PFF Green Line, uh, always with the unders here. I do think there's quite a bit of value on a number of them. One that definitely jumps out to me, Eastern Michigan, Arizona State, to Pretty much completely anemic offenses, 56 and a half point total. Uh, I just don't think there's any way that that's going to get close to coming home. So you might have to sweat it out toward the end. But uh, I think those are probably my two favorite college football bets coming up here on Saturday. Yeah, excellent. And you get Penn State laying three in Auburn. That one's an interesting one for me as well. Uh, I, I think Penn State is probably a little bit better than even that would suggest. Auburn, uh, you know, kind of in the meat grinder there. And another one, and this is good. This is tricky because you think in the Marcus Freeman era, they're 0 and 3. Um, and you know, they did cover with right. one, you but it hasn't, been the, it hasn't yeah. been the greatest thing. Uh total is 41. And you've seen the, the quarterback play in Notre Dame has been that bad. Cal getting 10 and a half minus 100 in Notre Dame. Um, you know, this might be the game that Notre Dame gets right, but like I think that those narratives are almost always wrong, Ben. Um, or, or they're just they're they're random variants. They're, they're not something right. to get into. Right. But looking here at the the futures, the college football uh, championship, we only have one. You only have three teams that are under uh, ten to one, uh, and that's Georgia at plus one eighty, Alabama at two plus two ten after a bad performance against Texas. Let's be honest, and Ohio State plus three ten. Ohio State uh, is now zero and two against the number so far this year. Um, Alabama, I would believe it's one and one against the number, and Georgia has looked great so far. Ben, do you think? That these numbers are right. Are PFF systems kind of 
they order these things the right way, but do you think that there's any value or is there value in fading if you can get sort of a two-way market on any of these teams? Yeah, I mean, I think if there was a team that I wanted to fade at the top, I do think it's still Georgia. Uh, kind of got ran over trying to fade them last year, but I do think that there's probably enough scenarios where they are held out of the college football playoff to the point where if you can get a no on their action, which Pentacle doesn't offer, um, I do think that makes a decent amount of sense. And I don't know. I know this is maybe going a little bit against green line modeling. We have been, uh, you know, it was tough to, I would say, handicap USC, but after watching their offense, especially, uh, I think that they are probably going to be the fourth team in the college football playoffs. So I think if you want, you know, some value on uh, them probably getting in at like a plus 1200 price for NCAA odds, uh, I, I think that's the spot that I would look for as like the fourth team that seems like they have a pretty clear path to get in the college football playoff from my perspective. And they have, you know, the notoriety, they're going to probably have, you know, the Heisman Trophy candidate as well. Lincoln Riley obviously brings a lot of legitimacy to a already established program. So I think if they do kind of run the table in the Pac-12, uh, they're basically a lot to get in the college football playoff. Yeah. I think I'm laying if if somebody at Circa or somebody or or even Pinnacle gives me a no, I'm gonna lay it with the no on Ohio State. I just don't see it. I think it should be far closer to like 10 to 1. Um I just don't think they have the good goods this year at wide receiver. Uh, I know right. Her- Marvin Harrison Jr. showed out last week, but against a good team like Notre Dame. They didn't have players open that entire game. And that was really, it's going to be hard to beat the Georges and the Alabamas of the world. Even Clemson, who has a really good defense, it's going to right. be in the college football playoff. It's going to be hard when your guys aren't open. So uh, I know Ohio State won a, a playoff game two years ago against Clemson. Um, but, you know, they, they also have Michigan who, um, you know, could steal the one spot that, that goes to uh, the Big Ten. Um, USC, not a bad look. They do have probably have to run the table for that to be the case, but, right. um, you know, we, you know, and, but that's not beyond the wit of man. So, uh, a very, a very cool, uh, breakdown here. Um, okay. Let's, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, and think about, okay. Best bets for this week with college or pro Ben, what's your favorite play of this week? And, and I'll just go ahead and, and give mine. Yeah, I do think that it's Tampa Bay. I know I touched on it previously, but uh, I think we've been lower on the New Orleans Saints in general. We didn't, we didn't really see, uh, we didn't see what we expected from the Saints in Week One. I do think everyone thought that their defense would be completely lights out, shut down Atlanta. They probably win this tough defensive performance, and that's not really what really played out at all. So I do think there's maybe some cracks in the foundation. Jameis Winston, I think, got a little bit banged up last week as well. So I think. Uh, you know, the market is lower on, uh, you know, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of injury situations. If there's one guy that can kind of circumvent the chaos surrounding him, it's been Tom Brady throughout his entire career. I was uh, very impressed, I would say, with my guy Julio Jones as well. So I do think they have enough playmakers around Tom Brady uh, to easily get this game done. So at minus two and a half before that field goal differential, I think that's definitely my favorite bet coming up here on Sunday. Excellent. Mine is going to be a Saturday bet. Uh, I am Saturday, going to, I am going to take Western Kentucky plus one ninety five on the money line on the road against go. Indiana in Bloomington. Um, that's just a you know program. Bailey's app was terrific last year, but we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen the hiccups. They had the FCS game in week zero that they didn't cover or even come close to covering. Um, but they they played well since. Uh, very good program there, and, and Indiana is one of those where again, I you know you, you've had some defections from there, quarterback position, and so on. Uh, I think you're getting a good number here, plus 195 Western Kentucky uh, uh, during the noon Eastern hour on Saturday is my bet of the week. Um, and, and so with that, um, you know, 
at Pinnacle on Twitter. Please follow at Pinnacle on Twitter. This was the NFL opening line for week, you know, two NFL, week three NCAA. Um, it, it's at Pinnacle Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, follow them to keep up to date on all the Pinnacle latest shows. Um, and, and again, please keep across Pinnacle.com page for the latest betting insights, including Mark Taylor's Game of the Week. Pinnacle's weekly NFL predictions article, plus Ben Brown right here. His ultimate NFL betting guide is now live on Pinnacle.com backslash betting resources. Uh, So for Ben Brown, this has been Eric Eager, PFF underscore Eric, PFF underscore Ben Brown. Odds are correct at the time of the recording. Please gamble responsibly and uh, stay cool, everybody. Stay cool, everybody.